if if anyone is listening to this podcast yeah if they could come out and join join me join us in helping these young girls giving them a future you know it would be really great if they could join me in doing this and we reach out to more more young more young women who are living in extreme poverty you know who have lost hope and all that if they could join me and we do this because you know two heads are better than one so if we join up we join hands and do this together i know we can achieve a lot i know we can achieve they said she can't she said watch me do it welcome to another inspiring episode of podcast with sheila our guest today is the founder of she unit a charitable organization based in Uganda that empowers underprivileged women with skills for life. She'll be telling us all about her organization in a minute. But before we go on, remember to help us spread the message of positivity by sharing this episode. Believe me, someone needs to hear these messages of hope to know that if someone else was able to do it, they can also do it. So don't forget to share the message on your timelines, on your social media platform, and help us spread message of positivity. Hello, Christine, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Thank you so much for the opportunity to host me and speak about Shearing Uganda and our activities here in Uganda. Brilliant. It's a delight to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about Christine, your background story, how life was like growing up, all of that, so that our viewers will get to know and appreciate who you are? Yeah, I grew up from Uganda um, in a small village called Chinda. And I'm the third born of I'm third I'm the third born of the family of nine children. And we are raised by our by a single mom who was the sole provider of the family. Uh, going to school, I was able to attend school. Uh, uh, actually, it was because someone someone offered to sponsor me throughout my education, and that's how I was able to attain education through a sponsor. Not until I graduated with a certificate in cosmetology. Yeah, and currently I'm pursuing a bachelor's degree in in development studies and um, doing my second year as a university student. Uh, but life was really not so good growing up from a, a, a family that wasn't really financially stable. And the fact that my mom didn't have any stable source of income, it was really hard. Uh, that's, uh, the, it, it affected us so much and actually in so many ways. And it, it lived uh, and uh, as a result of, of not being able to have a stable source of income, uh, some of my siblings weren't able to go to school, yeah, because of the, uh, the financial situation of the uh, of of the family and the fact that my mom, who was unemployed, was the sole provider of the family. Yeah. So, but by God's grace, I was able to go to school after I got a sponsor who paid for my school fee throughout my period of, of being in school. Yeah. 
Great. Let's talk about your organization, SheUnit. So what inspired it and how did it start? Uh, yes, SheUnit started, she started in 2018. Great. And what inspired it? Well, I started two things. Uh, first is uh, the station I grew up from uh, mm -hmm. forced me into uh, starting up something that could help women take care of their children because watching my mom struggle uh, to put food on the table, provide for, for her family, for her children, but without a stable source of income uh, so was really so much torturing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so it was really so much torturing to watch her struggle during her hard labor to provide for her family. And initially, I was saying that maybe if she knew some, some kind of skills, you know, she would, life would be so easier for us. So, yeah, I say, and uh, when I went to, to the cosmetologist training, um, it was actually not because I really loved doing cosmetology, but considering the financial situation of my sponsor, uh, it was what we could afford. And we, I had to give these other children other, another opportunity. Because taking me to the university would mean uh, these, other people, these other people she was sponsoring were not going to receive the kind of education that I had received. So. I ended up with uh, going to a cosmetology school, training uh, to a cosmetology training institution, which of course I'm not regretting doing that right now because it 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 was it is the foundation of Shunit Uganda. Being there showed me that, uh, however small the certificate was. Uh, it showed me that there are so many people who couldn't even afford that small certificate, you know, so many people who couldn't afford uh, going to the cosmetologist, receiving the kind of education I, I received. And I and the community where I was, as I was attending the, the cosmetology institution, there were so many young women, young women who didn't have employment, who, you know, there was so much, there was so much struggling, a lot of, but, you know, a lot of habits were happening. Kind of resonate with your story at some point. Mm. And I think that during the week I had spoken to you earlier about the work you do and all that. And I said, I also at a point in my life found myself empowering women. And sometimes people would ask you because what you do involves a lot of money. You get mm -hmm. it. So people will ask, yeah. you need money. Because at the time I was empowering women, I so much needed money. And at that time mm -hmm. I had come out of the university with um, a first class honors in textile design. No, in industrial art textile option mm -hmm. from the university as a first class honors. And for some reason I wanted to, to do things on my own. But I, I, I've come to believe that sometimes life drives us into into certain places that we never thought we would, we would want to be. But sure. when you look carefully into wherever you find yourself, there is always a breakthrough. So it may not be looking mm -hmm. rosy. You know, the kind of life you were, you were expecting for yourself, you may not be seeing it at the point. But whatever situation you find yourself, if you sit down, assess it properly and look carefully, you will be finding gold 
in that situation. You only have to look carefully. And I remember at some point, people would ask me, you don't have money, so why are you empowering women to be better, to become better people? What are you going to use to empower people? But the thing is, once you start it, you always find the resources or you always find a way to make it happen. The big thing is start it. I wanted to ask you, there's a lot I want to talk about because actually this is my field of operation. So there's a lot I want to ask you. And I want to find out what exactly do you do? Empowering the women, what exactly, what kind of empowerment do you give them? Yeah, the kind of empowerment we give these young women is skilling them. You know, giving them hands-on skills. That's what we do. And uh, for example, we give them training in hairdressing, that is braiding, doing uh, dreads and all that, or something of that sort. And then you also give them training in makeup, doing nails, that is manicure and pedicure. And we also, give them training in making uh, some kind of stuff like shampoo, liquid soap and conditioner, things that, that they can sell and earn a living from, from, from the product. And the skills we give them are uh, hands-on skills and uh, things that are easily turned into business. Like they don't require capital to start, you don't need capital to open up, a, uh, you know, start making liquid soap because most of the times if you, you get orders someone pays you and then you make that liquid soap then you deliver and then you get your balance from them and for hairdressing and makeup uh, as long as you have for example for makeup if you have the makeup requirements someone calls you you go do the makeup and then earn your money and for braiding you don't need to, you don't need anything. If someone calls you, of course they provide with the braids and all that. So your job is to braid them and then you earn a living from that. So yeah, the skills will give them a hands-on skills and skills that will help them start their own businesses and their, source, and their own income uh, without involving a lot of capital, a lot of startup capital because these are people who can't afford raising capital for a big salon, you know, or to set up yeah. a company or what. So we give them the, the skills that are easily turned into business uh, and don't necessarily require capital, startup capital. Startup capital, yeah. right, you're right. So how long has this been going on? Yeah, this has been going on for three years now. Three years. Would you say that the goal for setting the organization has been achieved such that women come to learn from you and they are able to put it to you, start a business and are earning some income and making their lives better? Can you say that? Yeah, of course, we've been very successful with our mission. And the people who have been with us are extra working and earning from it, uh, from the skills we give them. And besides, we prove that we've proven that by doing a follow-up. We do a follow-up from uh, to try and find out what these people are doing. You know, after getting the kind of training they they needed, how has their lives changed? Have we been able to change their lives or not? If we haven't, what are, what have we not done? Uh, that is, we, maybe we we need to change. We need maybe to do more. But uh, so far, we have been 
successful with our mission and we hope to continue doing, doing what we've been doing. Great. Yeah. How, how many women have you trained so far since you started? Yeah, since we, we started um, the cosmetology students with the, uh, together with the liquid soap and whatever students, uh, we've given training to 376 young women so far. How many? 376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,376,
is actually saving lives. What is a 16 year old doing with a baby at this point when she has a whole life ahead of her to live? And you cannot blame them that much. Sometimes people will tend to blame them, uh, blame the child for maybe being a, a spoiled child and things like that. But you can't blame them that much because if she's hungry and she wants to eat and she's not got skills like what you're giving them, then she will tend to fall on other people. And in most cases, they tend to become victims to men who are looking sure. to use some of these girls give them huge promises and not never ever deliver, get them pregnant and then they bolt without even helping them raise the children. So we have a lot of these cases going on. Teenage pregnancies going on because yeah. they've had to rely on other people for living. But you realize that if somebody is empowered, if somebody is empowered to start a small business because nobody wants a bad life for themselves, Everybody wants to live well. Yeah. Everybody wants a good life for themselves and for, them, for their children. But in most cases, it's not possible. And then he, this is what we are saying, that we are offering them hands-on skills, soap making, hairdressing, makeup, learn it, and then use it to make money, to start a small business and then make money so that when you need petty things as a, as a woman or as a young girl, you'll be able to afford it. You get it so that you'll be able to buy basic food, you know, get life going for yourself. And I think this is this is a brilliant thing. And it's. Should I say is the core, it should be the core of every society, every thriving society or every society looking forward to thrive. They should be looking at the younger generation and supporting them properly. And in places like Africa, where we don't have that kind of financial support, it makes it very difficult to do these kind of things and put these kind of services in place for women who need it and need it more. I remember back home in Ghana, there was this lady that had come. So I was a kind of partnership with another organization later on. And what this organization did, the other organization, what they did was to get women together and then give them counseling. So to get um, teenage women together, give them counseling and help them come out of that life. But they couldn't offer them skills to be able to make money, work and make decent money for themselves. It's like that they will not be falling into the wrong hands. So they had partnered with my organization back then. And then we were training the ladies. But there, there was this particular lady who had come in from the other organization and she was a sickle cell patient and had had mm -hmm. one child. And she had been advised by the doctor not to have another because the, the next child is, is possible will take her life. So we got to know of this and we're trying to make sure she doesn't get pregnant again. But you know, we can only do as much because when the person is hungry, they are hungry. So she, she went back, she had a slip, went back and she got pregnant again. And this time around, she was trying to hide it from us. So. In trying to hide it from us, she took, she self-medicated to get it aborted and she lost it. We lost her. So she died because she was trying to hide the pregnancy from us. The, all the efforts we put into it to make sure she gets better. We got her foster home and we were trying to skill her 
her son was being taken care of and all of that. She still went back and then she got herself pregnant. And in trying to hide the whole thing from us, she did self-medication. And when we found out she had self-medicated, she had bled a lot. We took her to the hospital. So a lot of things, you know, and because she had a medical condition, they couldn't Mm -hmm. help her. She died. Some of these stories, there are numerous stories I can share. And some of these are happening. You get it? They are really, really happening. And I believe that sometimes God puts it as a burden on some of us because I've just been thinking about, I was doing the same thing in Ghana, the same thing that you're doing. I was, and I I had resource people to come and teach them hairdressing, tailoring, um, millinery, soap making like you're doing. And so exactly the same thing. So how, when I think of it, how is it that I'll be doing the same thing in Ghana and you'll be doing the same thing in Uganda? telling us that there's a need for that. Sure. And I was even doing it for the the illiterates and the literates. So I had classes for illiterates and I had classes for literates, literate graduates. So graduates who had come out of the university and they can't find jobs to do. I give them skills Mm -hmm. so that they can start a business on their own. So I had two groups for illiterates and then the literates. And it's so much needed in our community. And these days, People make money from craft. You know, yeah, it's a big business. There's a big, massive business in craft. Depending on how you do it, how you finish it off, your finishing and all of that is a massive business. So if the person is doing it well, they should be able to make a decent living out of that and not have to become victims to some, I don't want to use, uh, but to some men, who, you know, there are some people who can't just give you a gift and not have to take advantage of you. Our wealth has become yeah. so corrupt that anytime somebody gives you something, especially from the opposite sex now, they want to sleep with you first. So how are we going to get these girls off the streets and not have to become single mothers at such a young age of 16 when they have a whole life ahead of them? And you don't know when or you don't know where your life is going to turn up. Like you, you had a mentor and the person was willing to further your education because yeah. you had a desire to go forward. Now let's, why not create the desire for these girls so that they don't think of just what they will have today, but what they will have in a long, in the long time. I hope I've said it right. What do we have in the long time, which is getting themselves killed, starting a business and growing it and seeing it go that long. You get it? Because most of these girls, they cannot go and start a class of of their own. They can't pay. They don't have the money to pay to be taught. Yeah. So most of them will have to go through, start from somewhere. And most of them are definitely going to be starting from your organization. So what I am saying is if anybody is listening or if anybody happens to chance on this podcast, and they think they can help, I think they should reach out to you because you are doing a brilliant job and you've got videos to prove that you're actually on the ground doing something. And this year, our mission on this podcast is to give. So the hashtag is to give. So, and it's it's been a difficult year all around the world for everybody because of the pandemic, because it was a global one. But there are still people who are well off there are still people who have a lot to spend. There are still people who have enough to throw about. There are people who probably change their cars every year, even when it's not sport. 
people like those are the people I'm talking about. Some people change their cars every three months. Those are the kind of people I'm talking about. If they happen to chance on this podcast and they think they can help a girl in Uganda, even if it's just one person and they want to adapt the person and help this child or this girl learn a trade, reach out. Reach out to me, I'll connect you to Christine, or we're going to be leaving her contact links at the bottom of the video and in the description box. Just reach out to her, support her do this project. She knows what it is and how it feels like to lack because she's been there. And I always like to work with people like this because they know exactly the kind of pain people are feeling. So when they are on the project, they do it with all of their hearts. You get it. Somebody who's lived in affluence cannot do a charitable work you're doing now and do it effectively because they don't know what it, it takes like or what it feels like to be in lack. So they'll kind yeah. of do it lackadaisically, but you know it, you've experienced it, you've seen your mom go through it. So you know what to do and you do it with a passion. You know, you do it with a passion. You set out to teach these girls and you want to make sure that they've, they've gotten it. And sometimes it's so difficult. I remember those days, it was so difficult because you want to empower these girls, but these girls have a mind of their own because they are used to quick money. And some of these quick monies are what will land them into troubles, like I said earlier on, you get it. So it's difficult to rope them in yeah. and let them see that what you're offering them is actually the best, you know? And it takes, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of support. It takes a lot of money to do these kind of things, because how are you going to be teaching somebody to, to make soap when you don't even have the materials to use it as samples or, you know, to train them? How, sure. the, let me ask you, where do you meet for your trainings? Yeah, we do have our trainings. We do have one at our offices, and that is basically for the cosmetologists, the students, and for the, those we give trainings to, in liquid soap, shampoo, we do it from uh, their perspective, respective villages. We go to a village, get a place, and then they gather, learn, and then go home. So do you have people helping you? Because training 376 women, that's a lot. That's a big money for one, sorry, that's a big number for one person to do. Do you have people helping yeah, you? Yeah, we do have. Yeah, do I have do have a team. I do. I do have a team. I do have cos uh, uh, cosmetologists who are helping. I do have uh, uh, those who know how to make liquid soap. And sometimes what we do, like if someone learns how to make it, then they again give that training. They come and train uh, the other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, you pay these people? Yeah, I pay them uh, some kind of some small amount, but I pay them. Yeah. So how do you pay them? Where do, you, where do you make the money from? How do you how do you get money to pay them? Uh, we've been receiving donations for like for example for last year we had a grant we used the grant to manage actually last year was the first year to have a really big number of young women in our group because we received a big grant from a chance in life organization. And it helped us um, do our activities very well. 
I'm excited that at least you've had some grants coming in, but I believe that if you have more of the grants coming in, a lot more of these women could benefit from it. I believe that a lot more of these women could benefit from it. So what other things do you do? Do you think you can be selling some of the products you do to raise money um, to further support the organization? Yeah, we I think we, we want to start making um, uh, liquid soap, for example, in uh, in big in high in, in, in big quantities, so that we can sell it to, for example, schools, hospitals, and raise some funds from it. Yeah, great, great. Um, Christine, if you had the opportunity to request just one thing for your charity. Mm or for the project you're doing, what would that be? Yeah, if, I, if I'm given an opportunity, the only thing I would request is uh, for, for if, if anyone is listening to this podcast, yeah, if they could come out and join join me, join us in help, helping these young girls, giving them a future, you know, it would be really great if they could join me in doing this and we reach out to more, uh, more, young, more young women who are living in extreme poverty, you know, who have lost hope and all that. If they could join me and we do this, cause you know, two heads are better than one. So if we, we join up, we join hands and do this together, I know we can achieve a lot. I know we can change uh, lots of lives because the thing doesn't stop at hope helping the mother for example if you give a skill to a mother you're helping the children she's going to have you know so it doesn't stop at the women we help it goes to the children and uh, you know so I would uh, request for your support and if possible we could join hands and uh, do through this, keep it going, and, and we reach out to more young women who really need us, who really need to get a second chance at life. Exactly. Exactly. What is your most memorable moment on this job? One that you never forget. Uh, one that I will never forget. I have a lot, but the one thing there is one girl I'm so much proud of. Uh, I met her, it was even before I started Shinit Uganda. I met her in 2017. And this girl has cosos, like you said, you had you had one who has cosos. Yes, we also have one who has uh, cosos. So when I met her, she's called Esther, I'm sorry to say. So when I met her, she was she was living with her sister and it, they were staying in a container, you know, this container, yeah. it's really, considering her situation, she needed, uh, she needed good, a good environment, but yeah. they were living in a container, and remember, it's really, they are cold, so she was constantly sick, sick, she was always sick, and they couldn't even afford taking her to the hospital sometimes, mm. so when we became friends somehow, and I used to come in for her when maybe she's sick, I could go there and okay, sometimes take her to the hospital and that. So when I started she in Uganda, she was one the first beneficiary we had. Okay. Yeah. 
she was the best first beneficiary we had and she got training in cosmetology. She now knows how to plate hair. Uh, she knows how to, to do makeup and all that. And she's working. It's unlike before when she was not working because uh, looking at her situation, she wasn't, the parents didn't even bother to take her to school because maybe they thought she's dying anytime. Mm. But she, she's still living and she's healthy. She gets the good treatment she was lacking before. And she's, uh, she lives in a good environment. She no longer lives with her sister. She lives by herself. She hands her so, so her money, you know, and she's, she now looks good, healthy, unlike the situation before when we, she joined us or when she had a source of income. So I'm so much proud of her because she has proven that uh, like when someone, some people are given opportunities, they use the opportunities given to them. She has used the opportunity we gave her to improve her life and she has changed her life for the better. Because right now her parents are very much proud of her because uh, she so much comes, you know, they, they now engage her in the family affairs. They call her to, tell, to discuss about family issues, which wasn't the case previously because you, who, who, nobody cared you you know if she comes home exactly. she comes if she doesn't mm -hmm. so but now everyone of uh, you know the family members and all that they come they are coming to her they are you know they are speaking to her they are now re they recognize her they give her the respect she 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 couldn't even receive when she was growing up you know so when I look at how her life has changed and how she's really growing into a very decent person, because right now she's even having a relationship which is really good. So when I look at how her life has changed, I feel uh, we need, I need to do this even more because I don't know, maybe God would have provided for her in some way if we hadn't met, but I think she in Uganda has really done a great uh, job in changing this girl's life. Yeah. And this is all thanks to you. And I can't um, express it anymore for people to know that you are doing a brilliant job out there. And it's not an easy job. It's a difficult one because some of these women will come to you. Some, some may have gone through the ropes of life, you know, so sometimes yeah. they may come to you depressed, they may come to you with one challenge or the other, but somehow you're able to help them overcome them. And what craft does as what craft does as a proof is craft is therapeutic. So as they do it, as you keep doing it and doing it and doing it, you don't even know that it's kind of healing you from some kind of sickness or disease or some kind of mental illness that was going on with you. It, it does that. I know craft in stories where craft has healed people of their limbs. They couldn't move their limbs, but as they kept doing it, now they can move their fingers. Craft has done a lot of things for people. So craft is actually a lifesaver, depending on how yeah. you look at it. So you're actually giving life to multiple people. So now we are thinking of, in reality, you've given life to 376 women. But remember, it's not just 376 women you've given life to. You may have given life to multiple women 
this number, multiple this number, you know? So we are looking at maybe thousand more women because what it is, is you've imparted knowledge and knowledge is going to go transcend. You know, it's going to go on to the next generation, the next generation, because you gave it to this woman, she's going to pass it on to her sister or to her child or to her niece, or to, you get it. So it's going to go on and on and on and on. So it's not just one person you saved, you've actually saved a, a thousand more lives. And I think this is a brilliant thing you're doing. Not too many people have the heart to do this. Believe me, not too many people have the heart to teach people a skill. It takes a lot of patience because sometimes some of these women, like I said, they come with a lot of challenges and um, the challenges tend to rub off you because if the person has a bad day, they, they make your day bad. You know, so some of these things, sometimes they can deter you from carrying on with the project. So it only takes somebody with a big heart to keep doing this over and over again, even when you are being bitten on the finger. You get, you get what I mean? Because I be, trust me, I know there are women you may have taught this, this skill and they've come back to bite you and not even appreciated you for that. So when I say that it takes a big heart to do this kind of project, I know what I'm talking about. It, takes, it actually takes a big heart. And it isn't everybody who would even appreciate the kind of things you're doing. That is why I'm, I'm still insisting that it's a, it's a difficult project, but since you are saving lives and making people come back on the track of hope, you should be supported. You need all the support you need, the financial support, the physical assistance, everything else. I believe that if you need a place to even meet, your community should be able to make that accessible to you your community should be able to, because you are helping the people in the community. So your community should be able to make that accessible to you. And then people outside who hear the story would also be able to chip in, knowing that one, you are impacting the community, your community is supporting you. Therefore, we also want to help save lives. And I think it's a brilliant job you're doing. Well done, um, Christine. Well Thank done, so because this is not an easy job at all. It's difficult. And I know it because I live it. So I can definitely tell you it's a difficult job to do. What are your wishes for this year? Any special uh, wishes? Yeah. Yeah, for this year we, want, we, would, we would wish to uh, reach out to 160 younger women. We initially wanted to reach out to 60, uh, but we raised the number and we want to achieve that gig uh, cosmetology training to 160 younger women out there. Yeah. As we wrap up, Christine, what will your final message be to our listeners? Yeah, uh, the final message I would say is uh, for whoever gets an opportunity to help someone out there struggling with their lives, they should do it. You know, it doesn't matter if. Uh, these people are going to recognize you. It doesn't matter if they're going to appreciate you. Maybe later on they will, but maybe they can't, they right now can't appreciate you, but they will later on do that. So if you get an opportunity to hope to someone, to give someone hope and restore the lost hope, we should do that more often. We should do that. Because okay. the world needs more of that and love, you know, giving unconditional love to each and everyone. This is well said. This is very well said. This is very well said. And I think that if anybody gets the opportunity, like you're saying, they should give, 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 and give. Now, remember, I just want to draw a scenario here that every time you give to somebody, so you're giving, 
this is a person you're giving to you. Every time you drop into that person, you fill the person up. Don't think you are empty because you think you are dropping and then you are empty. But sometimes you may be giving somebody, you may give them money, it could be whatever, but you realize that you're giving off some, something and you're feeling empty. Don't feel empty because as you give, you receive. And the Bible says that give and it will come back to you. Good measure, press down. Um, shall men give unto your bosom so as you give somebody is giving to you now it may not be in the same way you give the person let's say if you give money out you may not be getting money but you may be getting some help you get it trust me everything that i have done for over 18 years now helping women and i have mm -hmm. given my time i have given love i have given off knowledge i have given off myself you know, to support women. There's never been a time, to God be the glory, that I have ever wanted something and I have lacked. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I... And sometimes when I look at it, I know that it is all because of what God has empowered me to do for women. Yeah. And anytime you seek the life of one person, there is a blessing attached to it so like when i help another person's life get better there's also a, there's always a blessing attached to it now i'm not doing it because of the blessing i've never done it because of the blessing i just do it because i feel i want to do it and i just do it because i feel there's a need to do it but i have realized that anytime i do it there is a blessing so that is why i talk about giving whatever you give your time anything that you give money whatever you give anytime you give you receive anytime you give you receive sometimes Sometimes the process is very evident. You know, you can tell mm -hmm. that, oh, it's because I gave this, I had this. You can see it. Sometimes you give one shoe, you get two shoes as a gift. Sometimes you give money, maybe you may be given, example, 10 pounds, and then you get 100 pounds or 1,000 pounds. It's instant. There's been stages in my life that has been like that, instant giving and receiving. You don't do it because you, you're expecting to receive. You just do it because you feel there's a need to do it. And you feel because you can do it because you have the money to do it or because you have the time to give, so you do it. There's been cases in my life that I thought, oh no, this is never going, it's not going to be possible. Like it's too difficult. I don't think I'll be able to get through this. I don't think I'll be able to get through this. And then suddenly I come out of it. There's been instances that I've been closer to death and I have never died because I believe that the world needs me. And I know that the world needs me because my purpose on earth is not accomplished it's not even half done so i'm not going yet because i've realized my purpose and i'm living in it so i know that nothing is going to take me out until god says it is time to go and i know it's not yet time to go because a lot more women need me just like a lot more women need you to stay around yeah. for that long because yeah trust me most women are relying on you to take them on or to help them start off. You get yeah, it? Sure. Somebody is looking forward to, to a training or, or to a workshop that is free and accessible to them such that they can learn just one skill. All they need is just to learn one skill. Just one skill is all they need. And then they'll be able to put food on the table for their children. And then they'll be able to put food on the table for themselves, clothes on their back. They'll be able to have a place to sleep. All they need is that one skill, which is free to them and that is what you can give them that is why we are saying that if anybody is led or impressed to give out it could be a pound it could be a, a dollar 
it could be whatever. It could be a city, it could be a Naira, Wh wherever you're listening to us, nothing is too small. Nothing at all is too small. Maybe, um, Christine, you have to raise, open a GoFundMe project, GoFundMe account. I don't know if you have that accessible. You have it? Yeah, we, yeah, we do have it. We you have, have a, a donation platform and we can provide the link to that. Yeah, so please send me the link. I'll put it in the description box. Whatever it is, a pound, a pound saves life. A pound saves life. A dollar saves life. A Naira, a CD, whatever. Just put it together and drop it in for this young lady. She's doing marvelously well. How old are you, Christine? If you don't mind. 27. 27. 27. 27? Yeah. So at that age, if you have all of these, the burdens of all of these women on your shoulder and you are impressed to do it, I think you need all the support. So whatever efforts, whatever support people can give you, I think they should be able to do it. This is what is called ministry. This is ministry. If you're listening to me, everyone, this is ministry. I don't know why I'm led to talk this much, but I believe that is because I'm, I'm conversant with this kind of project. And I also feel led to talk about it because I know there are lives involved. And I know there are places where women have had to cut short their life because the pressure on them was too much. They couldn't carry it anymore. People have had to, you know, go suicidal because they felt at that point that was the best option. But if they had heard about Christine's project, I don't think they would have taken that decision at the time they did. So this is a life-saving project. And I think that everybody at the sound of my voice, I know they are able people who listen to me. If you are touched by this message, reach out to the link and then just please donate. It could be a pound, not too much. Everybody can part with a pound. It could be a dollar. It could be five, it could be 10, it could be 100, it could be 1,000, depending on your capability. Please reach out and support this young lady to be able to carry on. Christine would like to say a massive thank you for coming on podcast with Sheila to share your story. This is a beautiful story of saving lives. We'd like to say a massive thank you for coming on podcast with Sheila today. Thank you so much. And I'm really grateful for that opportunity given to me. Thank you yeah. so much. You're yeah. really doing a great uh, yeah, you're doing really something great to create awareness of uh, this kind of projects that we do. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're indeed welcome. So if you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 42 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. Whilst at it, please drop us a rating. Don't forget, drop us a rating and help share our videos, our episodes, our podcast, help share it, help us spread the message across our board because we need it to go that far because it's all about positivity, saving lives and giving what we can to support others. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for podcast to share on YouTube and you'll find us. Our prayer for you this year is that the Lord will set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Until we meet again, have a brilliant week.